Tomorrow's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Party and party and yeah. <laughs> fun, 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 fun. Looking forward to YAY2K. Weekend. Woo. Hi. Welcome back, everybody. We're YAY2K. I'm Rachel. I'm Maddie. And we're on chapter 16. Yeah, we are. Kooky crazy. It's kind we're, of a little shouty for you we're today. We're getting there, y'all. We're slowly but surely we're getting there. A little teaser of this episode. We're going to call it Too Personal Shouty. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a teaser of this episode? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be relevant, but it's a good one. <laughs> we'll see. Too Personal Shouty or just Pookie. Pookie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. For reference, um, uh, our editor had a, a little man she was talking to, and only over the dating app, and she asked him a question about something, and he said, too personal, shouty. <laughs> and then earlier- It wasn't just for something. It was whether why he wouldn't give out his phone number. He said oh, the yeah. phone number's too personal, but then he added yes, her yes, on yes. Instagram. Yes, yes, yes. Don't forget, he did ask, can I get your snap, Pookie? <laughs> And she said, why not phone number? And he said, too personal, shoddy. Speaking of men on dating apps, didn't you want to say something about a man you were talking to? Oh, yes. So a man that I am talking to on the dating app. I don't know if we're still talking at the time of this recording. I hope so. We'll see. Um, he, We sent him to Seattle. Just kidding. He was going to Seattle and the Olympic Peninsula. And we're texting beat back, back and forth as we do. And this man, bless him sends me a picture of a store like not a forks themed store or anything just like one shelf at a store Mm -hmm. that is fully twilight themed i was i was zooming in i've never been so excited to receive a picture from a man i'm zooming in i'm looking at all the candles it's called the cullen house forks washington there was a candle called unconditionally and irrevocably in love with you (laughs) they had bella swan name tags from Forks Outfitters, which is supposed to be Olympic Outfitters. Let's yeah. not get it it's twisted. It's pretty half-hearted, but it's Pretty okay. half-hearted. It's so funny. And I did request he bring one back for me. So we'll see if he does that. I he don't think he will. He didn't. He said, he, he said, oops, I got jalapeno chips though, so we're good. <laughs> no, we're not good. We're still holding out hope that maybe he'll go back. I'm not holding out hope. But me neither, because men are a little disappointing. However, if we do end up with one of those, we'll post about it. Uh-huh. But the picture was incredible. We'll post a picture as well. <laughs> yeah, we should. If you recognize this store, let us know where it is. We'll go there. <laughs> the next time we're in Seattle. Yeah, us always in Seattle. You know us. Just two, yeah. three girlies in Seattle. So that's what I had to say. That's my man update. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The only thing men are really, truly good for is getting me a little gift. And they're bad at that still. Yes. So. <laughs> so exciting. Yeah. Um, a woman at a thrift store earlier this week um, heard us talking about that, and she was laughing very hard. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yeah. We're about to hear some more cringy teenage drama. Lovely. And buckle up. Yeah. Get into it. Get into it. Yeah. Chapter 16, Carlisle. He led me back to the room that he pointed out as Carlisle's office. He paused outside the door for an instant. Come in. Carlisle's voice invited. (laughs) (laughs) When he invites you in? Okay. (laughs) Edward opened the door to a high-ceilinged room with tall west-facing windows. She's always talking about the face face of the window. She loves the west. (laughs) She does. 
The walls were paneled again in darker wood, where they were visible. Most of the wall space was taken up by towering bookshelves that reached high above my head and held more books than I'd ever seen outside a library. Carlos sat behind a huge mahogany desk in a leather chair. He was just placing a bookmark in the pages of pages of a thick volume he held. Thick volume. <laughs> the room was how I'd always imagined a college dean's would look. <laughs> only, only Carlisle was too young to fit the part. <laughs> I didn't realize he was 23. Yeah, it changes things. It does. I mean, for me in a good way, personally, yeah. because he's our age. Yeah. But also, not really. Because I'm always picturing, like, actor, actor, movie Carlisle. Yeah. But movie Carlisle is not 23. No. So I'm thinking of 23-year-old men that I know... Being Carlisle? Being Carlisle. They'd be mean uh, to they me on dating apps. They are not that wise, unfortunately. <laughs> no. So. No. Yeah. I mean, he is 362 or whatever, yeah. so. Yeah. What can I do for you? He asked us pleasantly, <laughs> rising from his seat. You can do anything you want, <laughs> yeah. Daddy Carlisle. <laughs> like anything. <laughs> I wanted to show Bella some of our history, Edward said. Well, your history, actually. We didn't mean to disturb you. I apologized. <laughs> Not at all. Where are you going to start? The Wagoner. Is that the Wagoner or the Wagoneer? It says W-A-G-G-O-N-E-R. Wagoner? The Wagoner. I'm going to just say things how I want to. Good. The Wagoner. (laughs) (laughs) Edward replied, placing one hand lightly on my shoulder and spinning me around to look back toward the door we'd just come through. Every time he touched me, even in the most casual way, my heart had an audible reaction. It was more embarrassing. Audible? I think it's like because the vampires, they can hear it. Okay. It's more embarrassing with Carlisle there. Yeah, everything's embarrassing when there's someone else there. Everything she's doing at all times is embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. If nobody's there, it's embarrassing. <laughs> you got that right. The wall we face now was different from the others. Instead of bookshelves, the wall was crowded with framed pictures of all sizes, some in vibrant colors, others dull monochromes. I searched for some logic, some binding motif the collection had in common, but I found nothing in my hasty examination. Edward pulled me toward the far left side, standing me in front of a small square oil painting in a plain wooden frame. This one did not stand out among the bigger and brighter pieces, painted in varying tones of sepia. It depicted a miniature city full of steeply slanted roofs with thin spires atop a few scattered towers. A wide river filled the foreground, crowded by a bridge covered with structures that looked like tiny cathedrals. London in the 1650s, Edward said. The London of my youth, Carlisle added. <laughs> From a few feet behind us, I flinched. I hadn't heard him approach. Yeah, I would flinch too mm-hmm. if he was there in a different way. But Edward... <laughs> That'll make him pussy throb. <laughs> I'm just saying. Edward squeezed my hand. Will you tell the story? Edward asked. I twisted a little to see Carlisle's reaction. He met my glaze. My glaze? He met my glaze. (laughs) I need to turn the light on, I think. (laughs) He met my glance and smiled. I would, he replied. But I'm actually running a bit late. The hospital called this morning. Dr. Snow was taking a sick day. Besides, you know the stories as well as I do. He added, grinning at Edward now. (sighs) When he has to go to the hospital? When he's on call. Okay. (laughs) Carlos or Doctor Snow is the only other doctor in town. Yeah, Doctor Snow's in his snick snick bed. <laughs> He's in his sick bed. He's in his sick bed. Better go, Carlisle. It was a strange combination to absorb the everyday concerns of the town doctor stuck in the middle of a discussion of his early days in 17th century London. It was also unsettling to know that he spoke aloud only for my benefit. Like, get over it. I don't know. Shrug. <laughs> That's just suck, though. Like, because you know how you think about something before you say it? Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Like, not always, obviously. But you think about it. Like, Carla, like, Edward asks you a question, and you have a thought. And Edward just takes that as your answer. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, 
Don't stop. I would hate that. Yeah. I would never want to be around Edward. Yeah. Ever. After another warm smile for me, Carlisle left the room. I stared at the little picture of Carlisle's hometown for a long moment. What happened then? I finally asked, staring up at Edward, who was watching me, when he realized what had happened to him. He glanced back to the paintings, and I looked to see which image caught his interest now. It was a large landscape in fall, in dull fall colors. I know, (laughs) having a... I can't read. You can do it. An empty shadowed meadow in a forest with a craggy peak in the distance? Never heard that word. Craggy. Me. <laughs> no. Um, when he knew what he had become, Edward said quietly, he rebelled against it. He tried to destroy himself, but that's not easily done. How? I didn't mean to say it aloud, but the word broke through my shock. He jumped from great heights. Oh. Edward told me his voice impassive. Not... Carlo trying to KMS. You know he wrote a little note to someone and then he jumped off a mountain and nothing happened. I can fix him. (laughs) He tried to drown himself in the ocean, but he was very young to the new life and very strong. It is amazing that he's able to resist feeding while he was still so new. The instinct is more powerful then. It takes over everything. He was so repelled by himself that he had the strength to try to kill himself with starvation. Is that possible? My voice is faint. No, there are a few ways. <laughs> no. no. No, there are very few ways that he can be killed. I opened my mouth to ask, but he spoke before I could. So he grew very hungry and eventually weak. He strayed as far as he could from the human populace, recognizing that his willpower was weakening too. For months he wandered by night, seeking the loneliest places, loathing him so carlisle invented ancient grief i want to give him a hug he probably did Mm -hmm. one night a herd of deer passed his hiding place he was so wild with thirst that he attacked without a thought his strength returned and he realized that there was an alternative to being the vile monster he feared had he not eaten venison in his former life over the next few months his new philosophy was born he could exist without becoming a demon he found himself again He began to make better use of his time. He'd always been intelligent, eager to learn. Now he had unlimited times before him. He studied by night, planned by day. He swam to France and... He swam to France? Me too. People swim the channel all the time, Bella. You reminded me patiently. (laughs) It's just like actually a thing that people do. (laughs) Yeah. Uncultured? God. (laughs) That's true, I guess. It just sounded funny in that context. Go on. Swimming is easy for us. Everything is easy for you. I griped. He waited, his expression amused. I won't interrupt again, I promise. He chuckled. Yeah. He chuckled darkly. (laughs) And finished his sentence. Because technically, we don't need to breathe. You. No, 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 you promised. He laughed. Ha ha! Putting his cold finger lightly to my lips. Oh. Do you want to hear the story or not? Hush, Pookie. (laughs) Pookie, be quiet. Too personal shouting. <laughs> you can't spring something like that on me and then expect me not to say anything. I mumbled against his finger. <laughs> his finger stuck. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> he lifted his hand, moving it to rest against my neck. The speed of my heart reacted to that, but I persisted. You don't have to breathe? I demanded. No, it's not necessary. Just a habit, he shrugged. How long can you go without breathing? Indefinitely, I suppose. I don't know. It gets a little bit uncomfortable being without a sense of smell. A bit uncomfortable, I echoed. I wasn't paying attention to my own expression, but something in it made him grow somber. His hand dropped to his side and he stood very still, his eyes intent on my face. The silence lengthened. His features were immobile as stone. What is it? I whispered, touching his frozen face. His face softened under my hand and he sighed. I keep waiting for it to happen. For what to happen? I know that at some point, something I tell you or something you see is going to be too much. And then you'll run away from me, screaming as you go. He smiled half a smile, but his eyes were serious. Why does he like, he's like obsessed with her being in pain. 
Yeah. Like, it's giving massacre still. I mean. But then he's not, as we learn later. <laughs> <laughs> he literally wants to KMS when he sees her in pain. <laughs> yeah. I won't stop you. I want this to happen because I want you to be safe. And yet, I want to be with you. The two desires are impossible to reconcile. He trailed off, staring at my face, waiting. I'm not running anywhere, I promised. We'll see, he said, smiling again. I frowned at him. So, go on. Carlisle was swimming to France. He paused, getting back to his story. Reflexively, his eyes flickered to another picture, the most colorful of them all, the most ornately framed and the largest. It was twice as wide as the door it hung next to. Twice as wide? that's a mural. Yeah. That is wild. The canvas overflowed with bright figures in swirling robes. I'm sick of the robes. <laughs> you love a robe. No, I do. I'm thinking about your book. My book? Yeah, the Darkling with the robes. <laughs> yeah, I read Shadow and Bone and there's a lot of robes. Yeah. It's color-coded little, robes. It's a little weird. Babe, wake up. You have to put on your color-coded robe. <laughs> Please. We should have color-coded robes. What? You make up your mind. We'll have to choose what they Pick mean. a lane, Maggie. <laughs> Pick a struggle. <laughs> I couldn't tell if it represented Greek mythology or if the characters floating in the clouds above were meant to be biblical. Carlos swam to France and continued on through Europe to the universities there. By night, he studied music, science, medicine, and found his calling, his penance, in that, in saving human lives. His expression became, oh, odd, almost reverent. I can't adequately describe his struggle. It took Carlo two centuries of torturous effort to perfect his self-control. Now he's all but immune to the scent of human blood, and he is able to do the work he loves without agony. He finds a great deal of peace there, at the hospital. Edward stared off into space for a long time. Suddenly, he seemed to recall his purpose. He tapped his finger against the huge painting in front of us. He was studying in Italy when he discovered the others there. They were much more civilized and educated than the rats of the London sewers. He touched a comparatively sedate quartet of figures painted on the highest balcony, looking down calmly on the mayhem below them. <laughs> I examined the grouping carefully and realized with a startled laugh that I recognized the golden-haired man. <laughs> the Vulture. <laughs> Vulture. Salamina? Salamina was great. Is that a... What is that? So What? Sol- S-O-L-I-M-E-N-A. Is that a name? Is it a person, place, or thing? I think it's a painting. Oh. Salamina was greatly inspired by Carlisle's friends. He often painted them as gods. Salamina? I've never met her. I've, I want to look this up, actually. Oh. Interrupting the episode for a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of YY2K is sponsored by Francesco Solomina. Let's listen to a quick word from Francesco about his time with Carlisle. Ho dipinto questo quadro, l'uomo dell'alto su Carlisle. Lui è così carino, molto sexy, delizioso. Ciao. And back to the episode. Edward chuckled. Arrow, Marcus, Caius, he said, indicating the other three. Two black-haired, one snowy white. Nighttime patrons of the arts. <laughs> That's us. That's us. You could call me a nighttime patron of the arts. Us late at night recording this podcast. <laughs> kind of. Uh, what happened to them? I wondered aloud, my fingertip hovering a centimeter from the figures on the canvas. Just one centimeter. Just one centimeter. So, glad she measured that. <coughs> <laughs> Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> They're still there, he shrugged. I love that he's like, yeah, they're there as if they're not going to be so important to us. Mm -hmm. As they have been for how many, as they have been for who knows how many millennia, Carlisle stayed with them for only a short time, just a few decades. You know, just like a couple decades. He greatly admired their civility, their refinement, but they persisted in trying to cure his aversion to his natural 
food source, as they called it. They tried to persuade him, and he tried to persuade them to no avail. At that point, Carlyle decided to try the new world. He dreamed of finding others like himself. He was very lonely, you see. He didn't find anyone for a long time. But as monsters became the stuff of fairy tales, he found it could... He found he could interact with unsuspecting humans as if he were one of them. He began practicing medicine, but the companionship he craved evaded him. He couldn't risk familiarity. When the influenza epidemic hit, he was working nights in a hospital in Chicago. He'd been turning over an idea in his mind for several decades. Oh god, that's not the right words. (laughs) He'd been turning over an idea in his mind for several years, and he had almost decided to act. Since he couldn't find a companion, he would create one. He wasn't absolutely sure how his own transformation had occurred, so he was hesitant. And he was loath to steal anyone's life in the way his had been stolen. It was in that frame of mind that he found me. There was no hope for me. I was left in a word with the dying. He had nursed my parents and knew I was alone. He decided to try. His voice nearly whispered now, trailed off. He stared unseeingly through the west windows. Always the west windows. Always the west window. I wondered which images filled his mind now, Carlyle's memories or his own. I waited quietly. When he turned back to me, a gentle angel smiled at his expression. And so we've come full circle, he concluded. Have you always stayed with Carlyle then? I wondered. Almost always. He put his hand lightly on my waist and pulled me with him as he walked through the door. I stared back at the walls of pictures, wondering if I if I would ever get to hear the other stories. Edward didn't say any more as we walked down the hall, so I asked, almost? He sighed, seeming reluctant to answer. Well, I had a typical bout of rebellious adolescence, about 10 years after I was born, created, whatever you want to call it. I wasn't sold on his life or I wasn't sold on his life of abstinence and I resented him for curbing my appetite. He said Oh, so sorry. He said, Yeah, I was an addict. <laughs> yeah, I was an addict. For a bit yeah. I was an addict. <laughs> so I went off on my own for a time. Really? I was intrigued rather than frightened, as I perhaps should have been. <laughs> Shut up. I am so sick of this idea and this narrative. She's like, I had a vape once. <laughs> Yeah, in 2006, I'm sure she was. (laughs) He could tell. I vaguely realized that we were headed up the next flight of stairs, but I wasn't paying attention to my surroundings. That doesn't repulse you? No. Why not? I guess it sounds reasonable. He barked a laugh. (laughs) More loudly than before. We were at the top of the stairs now in another paneled hallway. There's so much paneling in this house. It's disgusting. Don't light a flame in this house. The whole thing's going (laughs) down. From the time of my new birth, he murmured, I had the advantage of knowing what everyone around me was thinking, both human and non-human alike. That's why it took me 10 years to defy Carlyle. I could read his perfect sincerity, understand exactly why he lived the way he did. It took me only a few years to return to Carlyle and recommit to his vision. I thought I would be exempt from the depression that accompanies a conscious. Because I knew the thoughts of my prey, I could pass over the innocent and pursue only the evil. If I followed the murderer down a dark alley where he stalked a young girl, if I saved her, then surely I wasn't so terrible. I shivered, imagining only too clearly what he described. The alley at night, the frightened girl, the dark man behind her, and Edward, Edward as he hunted, terrible and glorious as a young god, unstoppable. Would she have been grateful, that girl, or more frightened than before? Girl, relax. This is so weird. Also, this is, it's interesting that this is, like, he, this was his, like, little actor rebellion, was, like, protecting girls in trouble. He was in his Dexter era. And then he did this, like, for Bella. Yeah. That seems weird. 
He said, I only like helpless women. Like a little bit. Okay, also, he said he can hear animals' thoughts also? Yeah. So, every time he's in a hunt, he's that's hearing. Awful. That's awful. I would horrible. just die of starvation. Yeah, probably. that's really terrible. That's really awful. Because, like, that's, he's like, this is my best alternative. And it's... Maybe he should just go blood bag. Like, yeah. I know they do that later. Yeah. If you had to hear about it every time. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah, no, that's rough. But as time went on, I began to see the monster in my eyes. I couldn't escape the debt of so much human life taken, no matter how justified. And I went back to Carla and Esme. They welcomed me back, like, prod- prodigal? 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was more than I deserved. We'd come to stop in front of the last door in the hall. My room, he informed me, <laughs> opening it and pulling me through. Ugh. Ugh. Everybody excited to see Edward's room? Yeah. yeah. His room faced south. Good to know. I'm picturing it. Yeah. With a wall-sized window like the great room below, the whole back of the house must be glass. His view looked down on the winding Solidic River across the untouched forest to the Olympic mountain range. The mounds were much closer than I could have believed. The western wall was completely covered with shelf after shelf of CDs. CDs. CD man. His room was better stocked than a music store. In the corner was a sophisticated looking sound system, the kind I was afraid to touch because I'd be sure to break something. There was no bed, only a wide and inviting <laughs> black leather sofa. He's Ooh. Like, this is where the magic happens. Sex couch. Yep. <laughs> also, lest we forget that he's a music man. <laughs> I don't get the music man thing. I wish he had one of those, like, floor pianos that he dances around on. Stop. He plays Dance Dance Revolution in his free time. That's what he does. Mm -hmm. He got the beta version. (laughs) The floor was covered with a thick golden carpet, and the walls were hung with heavy fabric in a slightly darker shade. Good acoustics, I guessed. He chuckled and nodded. He picked up a remote and turned the stereo on. It was quiet, but the soft jazz number sounded like the band was in the room with us. I went to look at his mind-boggling music collection. How do you have these organized? I asked, unable to find any rhyme or reason to the titles. He wasn't paying attention. Um, of course not. Why yeah. would he be paying attention? Yeah. Um, by the year, and then by personal preference within that frame, he said absently. I turned. He was looking at me with a peculiar expression in his eyes. What? <laughs> I was prepared to feel relieved, having you know everything, not needing to keep secrets from you. But I didn't expect to feel more than that. I like it. It makes me happy, he shrugged, smiling slightly. I'm glad, I said, smiling back. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I would worry that he might regret telling me these things. It was good to know that wasn't the case. But then as his eyes dissected my expression, his smile faded and his forehead creased. You're still waiting for the running and the screaming, aren't you? I guessed. A faint smile touched his lips and he nodded. I hate to burst your bubble, but you're really not as scary as you think you are. I don't find you scary at all, actually. I lied casually. <laughs> <laughs> so casual, Bella. But is she lying? Because she's, like, not scared she's of She's, like, him. not afraid. Like, that's, like, the whole thing. She's not lying. She's, af- she's only afraid that people don't like her. Yeah. And then she's annoyed at the people who do like her. Yeah, pretty much. Tyler, Mike, <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Mike, Mikey Mike. I know you're set on, but he gets another shout out. <laughs> He stopped, raising his eyebrows in blatant disbelief. Then he flashed a wild, wicked smile. You really shouldn't have said that, he chuckled. He growled, a low sound in the back of his throat. (laughs) 
His lips curled back over his perfect teeth. His body shifted suddenly, half crouched, tense like a lion about to pounce. Curled over his teeth like this. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh. He's on his lion. He's on a lion's pounce right now. He go pounce at her. <laughs> I backed away from him, glaring. You wouldn't. I didn't see him leap at me. It was much too fast. I only found myself suddenly airborne, and then we crashed onto the sofa, knocking it into the wall. Oh! All the while, his arms formed an iron cage of protection around me. I was barely jostled. I still was gasping as I tried to rate myself. He wasn't having that. He curled me into a ball against his chest, holding me more securely than iron chains. I glared at him in alarm, but he seemed to be well in control. His jaw relaxed as he grinned, his eyes bright only with humor. Bald? She's in her I'm just aardvark so form. I'm just a little, little ball. Little tiny bella. You were saying? He growled playfully. Can you stop growling? <laughs> that you... That you are a very, very terrifying monster, I said. My sarcasm marred a bit by my breathless voice. Much better, he approved. Um, I struggled. Can I get up now? <laughs> it's giving yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. He just laughed. Can I come in? A soft voice sounded from the hall. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you can't. I struggled to free myself when Edward merely readjusted me so that I could that I was somewhat more conventionally seated on his lap. So he's, she's still on his lap. That's she's weird. Santa mode. Yeah. <laughs> you. You I, know how when you're, like, was it his parents coming in? And she's, like, sitting Santa style on his lap? I would no, never. No. I could see it was Alice then, and Jasper oh. behind her in the doorway. My cheeks burned, but Edward seemed at ease. Go ahead. Edward was still chuckling quietly. Alice seemed to find nothing unusual in our embrace. She walked in, almost danced, her movements were so graceful, to the center of the room, where she folded herself sinuously onto the floor. Jasper, however, paused at the door, his expression a trifle shocked. He stared at Edward's face, and I wondered if he was tasting the atmosphere with his unusual sensitivity. It sounded like you were having Bella for lunch, and we came to see if you would share, <laughs> Alice announced. I stiffened for an instant until I realized Edward was grinning. Whether at her comment or my response, I couldn't tell. Sorry, I don't believe I have enough to spare, he replied, his arms holding me recklessly close. Oh. Actually, <laughs> Jasper said, smiling despite himself as he walked into the room. Alice said there's going to be a real storm tonight, and Emmy wants to play bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Are you game? The words were all common enough, but the context confused me. I gathered that Alice was a bit more reliable than the weatherman, though. Edward's eyes lit up, but he hesitated. Of course you should drink, Bella, Alice chirped. I thought I saw Jasper throw a quick glance at her. Do you want to go? Edward asked, excited, his expression vivid. Sure. I couldn't disappoint such a face. Um, where are we going? We have to wait for Thunder to play ball. You'll see why, he promised. Will I need an umbrella? They all three laughed aloud. <laughs> will she jasper asked alice no she was positive the storm will hit over town it should be dry enough in the clearing good then the enthusiasm in jasper's voice was catching naturally i found myself eager rather than scared stuff let's go see if carlisle will come alice bounded up and to the door in a fashion that would break any ballerina's heart oh that was weird like you don't know, Jasper teased, and they were swiftly on their way. Jasper managed to inconspicuously close the door behind them. What will we be playing? I demanded. You will be watching, Edward clarified. We will be playing baseball. I rolled my eyes. Vampires like baseball? It's the American pastime, he said with mock 
Salmonella. Salmonella. Beautiful. You're just a poet with the written word. Wowee. That was a short one. So... When I pictured Alice, like, twirling into their room, <laughs> do you remember the video where it's, like, that Barbie that you pawn the her? The fairy that, the fairy Barbie that flies, flies into the fire? Flies into the fire. Yeah, that is her. I was picturing that, and then we brought up baseball, and it made me think of, in preschool, we would play Barbie baseball, which was the boys had ripped the heads off all the Barbies, and okay. you'd throw the head in the air, and you'd hit it with the body. Okay. Oh. So, so that was Barbie baseball. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was kind of a violent game. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I'm so excited for baseball. Yeah, no, that is one of the best part of the whole series, I can't lie. Yeah, um, I also feel like, Edward, do you ever not, like, do you just not like to lay down? Like, you could have a bed and not sleep. No, he doesn't. I love just laying a little bed. But you know what, He maybe he's right, because a couch nap is always better. Mm-hmm. The black leather couch. That's an interesting... Yeah, just excited for baseball. It's just so iconic. American Pest. Can you imagine if they played, like, soccer or something instead? Please. <laughs> I love that the idea is that they hit the ball so hard and so loud. Yeah. Uh-huh. If yeah, they're sure. in the middle of the woods, I don't think it matters, but... Yeah. I don't know. So, <laughs> hey, hey, Alexa, play Supermassive Black Hole. <laughs> i listen to that right now. Oh, Yeah. You got anything about this chapter? There's like nothing that really happens. I would love to have Carlisle tell me his history, not Edward, because yeah, uh, I'll I'll shadow Carlisle at work. I would love to. I won't. I won't violate HIPAA. My lips are sealed. (laughs) I won't look at anything. I won't say anything. Hang out with Carlisle so bad. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's all I got. Yeah, it was a short one. I don't know how much happened. Too personal, shawty. It's just like the fifth or sixth chapter of dialogue in a row. Beautiful. But works for me. The action is about to come next week. Yeah. Like, you're gonna want to tune it's, in next yeah, week. Yeah, it kind of, it got, it was a lot of action, not action. There's a lot of drama, and then it just kind of calmed down, and now it's about to pick back up. Pick him back up. So... Yeah, well, there's also going to be a lot of action and drama over on our Instagram at YYTKPod, over on our TikTok, also mm-hmm. at YYTKPod. Yeah. And we hope you have, like, the best this weekend. Yeah, so true. You know, maybe this weekend you support some of our sponsors. Because That'd be great. We love them and they support us. Yes. They would do anything for us. Yeah. We're, like, super close. So close. Us, us and sponsors. all of our sponsors. And you guys. Yeah. Um, so have a good weekend. Yeah. Watch Twilight. We'll see you next week. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. Mwah. Mwah.